Inspiring solutions to save America one show at a time. Are you ready to get on board? My son has not made money in terms of this thing about uh, what are you talking about? China. What you not <laughs> He made a fortune in Ukraine, in China, in Moscow, that is simply and various not other places. True. So it's from two different debates, yeah. but I mean, Trump was right. I mean, he did make a fortune from China, and Joe Biden was. This is CNN, the most trusted name in news. Three hours of bold truth and excellence. You've just signed up for the WBR Army. Welcome aboard. This is the Wendy Bell Radio Program. Welcome back to the Wendy Bell Radio Program, hour number three on the clock now. We are joined on the road en route from Iowa, from the caucuses to Georgia, I understand. It is a social media influencer, podcaster, and a guy who just knocked it out of the park for the last 24, 48 hours. Matt Kim, hello, sir. Welcome to the show. Amazing. Thank you for having me on, Wendy. You know, I followed you just when I saw these videos. I know nothing about you, dude. Give me the 30-second thumbnail on who you are. I am literally just a guy from the corner of Georgia who decided to start talking, speaking my own truth, and all of a sudden, I don't know what happened. People just started listening. That's literally it. Literally. So what do you do for a living? Do you have a job? You obviously have a job. Yeah, I have a small lighting company. We sell commercial industrial LED lights, and um, I had a kid last year, and all of a sudden, the world (laughs) just looked a little different, wanted to say something about it, and... Just went it went crazy from that on. Well, I think it's for a reason because you got a lot of people who are hungry to hear different kinds of truths, and they all go to the same spot. Tell everybody what happened at the DeSantis thing. So you go to Iowa because you're going to cover this, yes? Yeah, I go to Iowa. I got an opportunity to go to the Trump rally on Sunday, so I go to Iowa. And while I'm there, I want to go check out the DeSantis event because that's the last one. And I made a 14-hour drive, so I'm curious. I should. On Saturday, I signed up for the event via their website. On Sunday, they call me because they changed the time from 8.30 to 7 o'clock. They call me in the middle of the day, and they say, Matt, are we looking for Matt Kim? If We're going to change the time, so if you're going to show up or not, we'd like to confirm with you. And I said, yeah, I got your message. I'm going to show up. They're like, oh, great, amazing. We'll see you soon. And as soon as I walk in the door, security comes up. Like, you got to leave. You look like a, look like a person of interest. Uh, we've had problems with someone. They look kind of like you. And uh, they took my picture, and 10 seconds later, like, you got to go, otherwise it's trespassing. And I was like, I don't understand what's going on. You got to go. You got to get out of here. We go next door to eat at the restaurant, and the restaurant kicks me out, too. Like, you can't be here. Wait, that makes no sense to me. That makes no sense to me whatsoever. It sounds like you're being profiled. On Sunday, while I was at Trump rally, I took a picture with... A couple other people that I think have been very anti-DeSantis. And maybe they saw that picture, they saw me in it, and they decided this guy's here to cause trouble. If they did maybe 30 seconds of research, they would find out that I'm a relatively fair person, that I have no history of causing any trouble, that I'm kind of a guy that people trust because they feel as though I am genuine. And uh, I speak just kind of what I see, and I call it as I see it. And I I think it was just really short-sighted on their part. There's a huge contrast and difference between how I was treated by the DeSantis campaign and how I was treated by the Trump campaign. 
I mean, it, it's night and day. Yeah, I mean, that's the part. That's the part that got me, right? So, so I, you you put this stuff out there. You get this video. It's cold as balls out there in Iowa. You've got your big coat on, and you're like, I can't believe it. I just got kicked out of here. So, <laughs> what's the time? What's the time different? Like, how long after that did you get contacted by the Trump team, and how did that go down? So, um, one of the people that I've been traveling with um, knows the campaign a little bit and knows them. So as soon as they found out what happened, they said, hey, Matt, why don't we get you involved and we'll give you a little bit of extra access because what happened wasn't right. And uh, that's kind of how it happened. It happened pretty quickly. I don't know exactly how fast, uh, but who knew? Who knew that it would go so crazy so fast? And then I see I see video of you with Tucker Carlson. I see video of you with Carrie Lake. Like, what's going on to you? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, the reality is, is that I just started kind of giving my analysis of how I perceive the world and how I break down different news stories. I don't consume a lot of content. So a lot of times my message isn't in line with what other people are saying because I don't know what other people are saying. I think people just appreciate kind of a different perspective. Right. And then I was fortunate enough to meet people like uh, Brandon Dilly and the Dilly meme team who lives very close to me, who I'm traveling with. I, love I think him. that's why uh, the Sanders team maybe kicked me out because they saw my association with him. That could possibly be it. Uh, but we are separate entities. I don't know. Right, right. You make sure you tell that man I said hi. He's wonderful. He does great <laughs> does great work. Are you driving with him right now? Yeah, he's actually right here. <laughs> when he says hi, he says hi back. <laughs> That's fantastic. Okay, so you say, how old are you? I'm 40. You're 40. Okay, so you see yeah. that I'm 53, so I've got you by mm-hmm. half a half of a generation, right? So, so how do you see the world? You're a dad. I saw a picture of your child. Is it a little boy? <laughs> It's a little girl. A little girl. Bad picture, but this, you know, the lighting. Uh, she's the <laughs> cutest girl in the world. I just misgendered her. I'm sorry. I'll go back I to know, school. I know. I know. You're gonna get canceled for that. Dang! I've already. It's already. Ha- cancel Wendy. <laughs> misgender. <laughs> it's already happened. That'd be the fourth time. Anyway, tell me. Tell me. What do you? What do you as a as a younger dad? Hmm. W- what do you see in where we are? What there was something that happened that 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 triggered you to start seeing the world and speaking about it? What, what, what was it? Well, I think in 2000, I think mostly in 2020, during the COVID era, um, you kind of see the irregularities of the world. You kind of start breaking through the narrative, and you get frustrated. You want to say something. They start canceling you, so you stay quiet. You stay silent because you don't want to get in trouble. You don't want to cause problems. It's just not worth your time. And you kind of just go on with your life and... I started playing a lot of golf, playing video games, because that's what people did, right? And then you had your, I had my daughter. And at that moment, I realized, like, what I'm doing is not right. Like, someone has to say something. Because if you don't, what are we doing for her? You know, and I don't want to change the world because I want to change the world for her. Mm. I want to say something because I want to be a model for her. To let her know, growing up, that you can say whatever you want. And you can believe what you want and that you're allowed to think for yourself, be a free thinker. And that by being able to do that, you can change the world. So I don't do it for other people. I do it because I want to show her and I want her to grow up knowing that it's possible to be done. And I think that's really what changed it for me. You know, I don't do anything other than the fact that I want to be a model for how I feel she can live her life. I I think that is so beautifully spoken because I think that's what we all do. You know, we all we all see this next generation with such hope and promise. But at this rate, you know, my husband and I, we have five sons and we were talking the other day about how 
they're not going to have what they've grown up with. They're not going to be at this path. They're not going to be able to do that. And that is, is terrifying. You know, Matt? Yeah. I mean, and you as well, having five kids, you know, you can tell them one thing all you want. They don't listen to a lot of it. It's very hard to get them to listen. But what they do, what they do do is they mimic and they model after. So if you live the life that you would want them to live, then you're going to raise great children. And if you, I mean, that's what I believe at least. And if I sit there and live one way, but tell them to do another, it doesn't stick. So I'm just trying to do what I want my daughter to kind of bring into her own life. I agree with you 100%, and I think that says it all. Tell me about Georgia. Tell me about what's going on in your crazy state, man. Georgia is, well, let me tell you, I, Georgia is one of those places that even the, even the liberals go to church. So it's a very conservative area. It's a place where people say, thank you, sir, yes, ma'am. And all of a sudden, we've had this crazy narrative that it is a liberal place. We had these really questionable elections. And I'm telling you, people in Georgia don't, even people, even the liberals in Georgia don't believe it. You know, that's the vibe. There's not many people in Georgia going, yeah, you know, Trump lost. People don't think that. Um, so when that indictment happened, I was livid. I was really mad. I remember I went live on my Instagram, and I was like, this is, you know, this is crazy. And I used all kinds of expletives. And, um, and, the peop- and people were watching, like, man, this is not what you do. You're supposed to be fair, logical. So the next day, I made this video talking about the Georgia Trump indictment and talking about um, how they're using this to divide the country, divide us, that they're bringing um, this drama to our area so that, you know, it can cause problems here. And actually, Trump, uh, President Trump retruthed and pinned that video that I made, which was crazy for me. Uh, and that's kind of what sparked and was a catalyst for kind of my growth online. Um, but that's what's going on. People in Georgia are frustrated, and, but the demographics are changing quickly. But people come to Georgia because they want to be a part of the Southern lifestyle. Yes. They want to be a part of the conservative lifestyle. Right. And if I could live anywhere in the world and I had unlimited money, I would stay in Georgia. There's no other place I'd live. Ah, oh, that's wonderful. And, and you're stuck with Brad Raffensperger and Brian Camp, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't think they're going to survive the next round of elections. Oh, you know? no. so yeah, if, people are frustrated. So did you get a chance to meet Donald Trump? I didn't get a chance to get right in front of him. They were so busy. And as soon as the event was over, um, he flew out. I mean, it's a machine. Can, can we say that man is a machine? Machine. And being around his campaign over the weekend... They are on point. They yes. are operation to be reckoned with. Mm-hmm. They are so polished in what they do. And seeing President Trump work the way he does, and then to think that you know, President Biden, he's not doing the same thing. It's impossible. It, he doesn't work the same. <laughs> you know, there's, you, there's nothing you could ever tell me to convince me that they do the same amount of work. No. There's nothing. I, I think you're wonderful. I love following you. I'm delighted that you're following me back. I hope we don't disappoint. Uh, but I appreciate your time. Drive safely um, and tell your seatmate uh, best wishes, you guys. Okay? Love you both. And thanks, Matt. Thank you, Wendy. Take good care. I just think you guys need to have great voices. Let's pepper in great voices. Right? Special stuff. The Wendy Bell Radio Program continues right after this. That was really fun. I've really enjoyed this program today. I hope you have too, duh.
So we need to we need to kind of get into the into the nitty gritty here of some of this geopolitical stuff. Um, and I think anybody paying attention realizes that war is a is a mechanism of money. War is a money maker. War is a great place for things to get lost, for there to not be checks and balances or audits for, you know, a billion dollars worth of missiles to go missing or all sorts of equipment to to vanish. I don't know. It's so it's so complicated. Right. There's a lot of opportunity there, sort of like the CARES Act. A lot of different places to do wrong. By the American people. And we are and should be suspicious of all wartime activity that involves our sons and daughters. So I want to play for you a flashback. And it wasn't that long ago that Joe Biden, Kamala Harris and Anthony Blinken, when asked about Iran trying to dip its toe into the water of fiddling with America, you know, what, what's your policy with Iran? What do you say to these people? What's your feedback to them? And they all said the same thing. And you'll remember this little montage. Let's go back into the Wayback Machine, probably within the last six months to a year. Listen. What is your message to Hezbollah and its backer, Iran? Don't. Don't, don't, don't. What's the message to Iran? Don't. It was very important to send a very clear message to anyone who might seek to take advantage of the conflict in Gaza to threaten our personnel uh, here or anywhere else in the region. Don't do it. Well, that worked. (laughs) I'd be scared. (gasps) Joe Biden told me that. Kamala Harris, don't, with that steely resolve. And then Blinken is just like a total goof, right? Well, so breaking. 4.40 yesterday afternoon, Iran's Revolutionary Guards attack herbal Iraq. Explosions reported near the U.S. consulate. So apparently the don't warning when uttered by people who are weak. And that is what we're dealing with. We have weaklings. We have mental mediocrity that we are told is in charge. But it's Barack Obama behind the curtain as the puppeteer and all of these various players of sock doing whatever they're doing and following the marching orders. And you don't think that these other governments who hate us are keenly aware of the weakness of our country right now, weakened at the at the borders. We, we've depleted our, our strategic petroleum reserve by nearly 50 percent. That makes us weak. We've given gobs of our military resources, our munitions, our equipment, our technology, our ability to defend ourselves. We've given, what, 40% of it to Ukraine with the never-ending spigot of cash flowing at them. And, And we're supposed to feel as though an attack on American soil beyond the invasion, which has already happened, that slow sleeping, sleeping flood water that's made its way into every single of our communities with these migrants all over the place, right? But a major attack. They've already done it. They attacked some shipping vessel. And I, I believe two Navy SEALs are missing now. 
which is huge crickets out there on the media. Two Navy SEALs missing in the Gulf of Aden while searching for Iranian weapons bound for Yemen. So there is no don't that is being adhered to by Iran. There is no don't that anybody is paying attention to because they know exactly who we are and what we are. We are weak. We are corrupt. And there is that ruling class that is scrambling right now to do as much damage as possible before most assuredly being removed from power. And that scares the everlasting liver out of me. Listen to this. Two Navy SEALs went missing after a shipboarding operation went awry near Somalia on Thursday. This is days ago as they were looking for suspected Iranian weapons bound for Yemen. According to reports, the SEALs were preparing to board the ship in rough seas. One of them slipped from a ladder, fell into the water. The second SEAL dove in after him. Neither has been seen since. John Kirby, who we've heard from repeatedly, National Security Department Coordinator for Strategic Communications, telling CBS's news, The search was still ongoing. We hope to get some updated information today, but we're obviously watching this very closely. It's not a conflict. We're not in a con... Dude, we're in a conflict. We're in a freaking conflict. And this would be the third conflict. If one seems to be fizzling and two is 100 days into it still, well, why not spark number three? And that is why you need an expert. The man you're about to hear from knows an awful lot about this region. He knows about the players. He knows about the military. He knows about our feckless government. His name is Tom Trento, and he's the director of the United West. What that is, what he does, and why Hamas is coming to a neighborhood near all of us. For real. Next on the Wendy Bell Radio Network. Welcome back, my friends. You're dialed into the Wendy Bell Radio program. Joining us is a gentleman by the name of Tom Trento. He is the director of the United West. And he has been introduced to me by our friend, national security expert, John Guandolo. Tom, tell everybody, first of all, welcome to the program. Tell everybody a little bit about you before we launch into all this stuff going on uh, geopolitically. Yeah, how you doing, Wendy? Um the uh, the main thrust of everything, and, and we're very good friends with John Guandolo, is that I run a, uh, a counterterrorism organization designed called the United West, designed to identify um, evil Muslim jihadis and Marxists and Antifa in the United States, and then expose them, either through our communication, our video exposés, our undercover work, or our handing it over to law enforcement, and help keep America safe. And since October 7th, that job has magnified tremendously here in the United States. Tell me why you say that. I mean, we know October 7th. We know what happened on that day. But what was the consequence here in America that you started to see? It's very important for your your listeners to understand this. Two dimensions when dealing with the Islamic world. There's the geopolitical world, but there's also the theological world. And they're they're political worldview, their political beliefs, their political interactions 
are driven by their theological understanding of what Allah wants at this moment. And October 7th is being perceived throughout the Muslim world, not only in the Middle East, but it spilled over into Washington, D.C. this past weekend when hundreds of thousands uh, protested, when they were trying to get over the fence at the White House. They believe that the war that is going on, started by the Hamas, is a definitive eschatological end-times moment where finally uh, Islam will launch a jihad worldwide, destroy the Jews, then come and destroy America, the Christians. That's the plan theologically, and there's a whole variety of ways they intend on working it out in uh, the United States. So when you and I were going back and forth yesterday, Tom, and you sent me something, Hamas coming to a neighborhood near you, you mean that in 100% seriousness? Yeah, absolutely. Um, the, one of the main Muslim brotherhood, if you had John Guandolo on, he told you about the Muslim brotherhood. He's one of the world's experts. And John and I are like brothers. I've taken him to Israel many, many times. He's an American hero. Um, one of the main Muslim Brotherhood organizations in America, a name you know most Americans uh, may have heard of, CARE, Council on American-Islamic Relations. They are de facto, as a fact, a public relations arm, a, um, a collaborator with the Hamas. It's been proven in lawsuits filed by the federal government and proven logically when you look at what's going on. They oversee tremendous activity on about 600 campuses in the U.S., and now they, they have bought into this, this theological, eschatological moment that this time is ours, put the pressure on the government primarily, and you're seeing that happen. A hundred Muslims are walking out today from the Biden administration in protest of Biden supporting Israel. This is, I mean, and you guys have followed, you have followed this, but to flush it out so definitively on October 7th, they clearly know how weak America is. Yeah, the and it's very interesting. The Muslim Brotherhood, um, uh, and all of this is being orchestrated by Iran. Iran is the central player in this. And the irony, Wendy, is that Iran are the Shia Muslims, the, the Persians, they want their Persian Empire again. They look down on Arab Muslims. The Arab Muslims are, you know, desert-dwelling, youthful idiots. So the, the Persians have helped organize Arabs here and pointed them to fight Jews and Christians and trying to do it legally right now through these protests. I absolutely guarantee, mark my words, Guarantee, as the war in the Middle East, Israel destroying Hamas and then Hezbollah, increases, Muslims worldwide are going to get so pissed off that they can't do anything that they're going to start going kinetically jihad, ramming people with cars, stabbing people. It's happening in Western countries now. It's coming to a neighborhood near us in 2024. How do we stay vigilant, Tom? What do we do? Well... To stay vigilant, number one, number one, every American, particularly conservative Americans who, who have a consistent understanding of, uh, of evil, we have to recognize that there is a theological religious war 
being perpetrated against us. You want to be able to win in a war, you have to understand what the enemy believes. In this case, Islamic Jihad, and I make a distinction, it's very important. I'm not indicting all Muslims. I'm indicting the system of Islam and the jihadis who are working within that system. We Americans have to realize there's a religious war. We have to, step number one, to be vigilant, develop a war footing mentality. The variety of elements necessary to do that. Number two, we have to coordinate quite a bit at the institutions that Islam has targeted. The, uh, the, the DOJ, the campuses, media. We have to see where they're running their information operation, trying to present one thing while they do another, and expose that and work with local law enforcement. That's number two point. War footing number one, work with local law enforcement to be the extended eyes and ears of the police, the sheriffs, the state police, and help report stuff we see to the right officials. We cannot get in a civil war, fighting war. We have to follow the rule of law, utilizing our tremendous law enforcement officers. And that may be tough in you know crazy Democrat cities like Baltimore, Pennsylvania, and San Francisco that let George Floyd rioters burn the place mm-hmm. down. You'll be seeing that for sure in 2024. What is going on in Yemen? Yemen is a bizarre country, number one. It's right next to Saudi Arabia at the, the south, um, the southern, eastern tip of, uh, of Africa. country had a civil war, and uh, the jihadis basically took over half of it. They took over the capital, Sana. And these are insane. These people are, are insane, but there's hundreds of thousands of them. And Iran, once again, um, Sunni Muslim, uh, Shia Muslims, they saw they can get the Yemenis, a particular class, the Houthis, to go fight the Jews. So they, they gave them a bunch of missiles and rockets and guns and everything else. So the Yemenis now, the Houthi part of the Yemenis, the jihadis, they uh, they want to show that they're a world player and they want to destroy Israel. And um, it's a face-off between the West and the Houthis backed by Iran. Very dangerous. Uh, it, inevitably, it's going to lead to um, the West having to, to, to bomb uh, parts of Yemen. There's no way out of this because these people, they have a, 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 a death wish. In order to get to paradise, they've got to die. If they die in a jihad, that's their eternal security to be with Allah and enjoy the sexual favors and all of that stuff. Is there a war going on in the world that the Biden administration and Barack Obama are not using our money to fund? Um, <laughs> not that I know of. Uh, like that's you know, that's, you, that's you my that, that, Obama. That's, I mean, he's so much behind all of yes. this. It's unbelievable. And the only reason why I bring up the financing: why are we paying? Why are we giving this six billion dollars? We're unfreezing that, giving that to Iran. Why? Why is it? Because some people are getting very rich off of these deals. Well, obviously there's there's that element, but it's a, a deeper philosophical uh, element. Um, Obama, when he came in, in two thousand eight. Uh, in June of 2009, he went to Cairo, Egypt, and, and apologized to Muslims for America's behavior. 
you got to be kidding me. You got this guy who is nothing. He's nobody. He's a slick talker. Um, he apologizes for America's. We are the most benevolent, loving, helpful. The the blood of of fighters and so many world wars to save Europe and, mm-hmm. and, and help Japan rebuild. And he's apologizing to the Muslim community. Obviously, we knew he was off the rails, but he's brilliant. And he decided to abandon the Sunnis, hook up with the Shia, and work with Iran to, um, to be favored with them uh, from, from a philosophical point of view initially. And he started, he, he didn't start, he enabled Iran to be where they are today. You know, I don't want to sound this way, but if you go to Catholic church or any church or you go to synagogue or it seems like these are all these are all going to be hot targets. Is am I stupid or what is what's the deal there? Again, we go back. No, you're not stupid. You're right on. We go back to uh, the enemy's playbook and the enemy is Islamic Jihad. I don't use the term radical Muslims because a Muslim who's following his holy books is an observant Muslim. They don't call themselves radical Muslims. Right. They call themselves observant Muslims. If you read their playbook, they have two targets. One are the Jews, just because when um, when God chose the Jews, they failed. So he chose Jesus, Christians, they failed. He finally chose Muhammad, the last final prophet, and um, everybody's supposed to listen to Muhammad. The Muslims are the best of all people. But when they walk outside their home, the 1.3 billion Muslims in 56 Muslim-majority countries that are, that are a mess, they realize we're not good at anything. Everything's falling apart. Oh, they don't blame themselves. It's the Jews' fault, mm-hmm. and the Jew is in Jerusalem. Kill the Jew, regain control of Jerusalem, then go after the great Satan, the United States. Right. You know, it's great to have you in my lair here because, Tom, we have an agreement when there's something that we need to talk about. You let me know. Yes, I will let you know. And uh, look, it's going to be a rough 2024. Um, We're on the cutting edge of all this stuff and uh, you're doing a phenomenal job. Uh, We'll make a good team. Well, I appreciate you, sir. Quickly, how do people find you if they want to follow you, if they want to learn more about you? I don't need anybody finding me or following me. I'm always looking. But if you want to go to my website, uh, actually, I'm very open. It's right, right, my real name and everything. The website is the theunitedwest.org. Theunitedwest.org. Roger that, sir. Thank you for your time, Tom Trento, director of the United West. Thank you so much. Woo! We need somebody on our side who can speak this language for us because it's a lot. It's a lot. All right, don't go anywhere, because when we come back, it's the song, it's the Trump song uh, of the day, and we've got it for you. It's worthwhile. Hang in there. Next on the Wendy Bell Radio Network. You know, it's interesting, this idea of being that one person that Matt Kim talks about, or Jake Chansley, the one person who sees an opportunity, who sees a reason to be authentic, And to love this country unabashedly. America is hungry for that. But you're already making decisions and standing up and pushing back every single day. The decisions that you make. Whether it's to stop going to a certain business because you understand some of their values don't align with yours. 
and why you're not the kind of person to go and pick it outside and create a ruckus, you realize moving your money away from them, it's not just you. For every you, there's a thousand more like you. You just don't see them. You also choose different things and programs that you watch, sources of news that you will subscribe to or not. And the residual effect of that is undeniable. And you push back against people who you knew, you know are disingenuous. Who you know are sharing something with you that is not accurate. And so you stop. And that is what has happened to Brian. Brian Stelter, I I feel bad for the guy, I really do. He's so desperate. He's so desperate to try to save his career, his reputation, anything. He's writing as like a blogger for Vanity Fair, okay? Whatever, he used to be on CNN, you know, whatever. So I get this article on on Radar Online, all right? RadarOnline.com, headline, ex-CNN star, eh, Mm, ex-CNN guy, Brian Stelter, fails to sell more than 8,000 copies of the latest book he's written despite heavy promotion. Right? We just talked about earlier this week about how everybody, it seems, is a New York Times bestseller. Isn't that so amazing? The people who help out the Democrat Party, the Uniparty, the machinations of the swamp, whether they be corrupt uh, Capitol police officers who now we know demonstrably lied, perjured themselves under oath and said they were certain places and saw certain things in the Capitol on January 6th when they physically were not there. Those men have been given, oh, why don't you write a book? It's a very convenient way to give you gobs of money and to pretend because somebody's going to buy, say, 100,000 of your books that you are a New York Times bestseller. Well, it's been so watered down. It's so easy. Everybody's gotten it. Then nobody is. Well, apparently two people who are never New York Times bestsellers both happen to either currently or presently work at CNN. And I think this is joyful. I, I do not wish ill will on people, but maybe these guys I do. Former CNN guy. <laughs> Brian Stelter failed to sell more than 8,000 copies of his latest book. Despite its heavy and shameless promotion, RadarOnline.com can exclusively report. In a surprising development to come after Stelter, 38, dude, I thought he was, right? I thought he was 45, was booted from CNN August of 2022. The former Reliable Sources host released a new book, Network of Lies, the epic saga of Fox News, Donald Trump, and the battle for American democracy in November. Why wouldn't everybody want to go out and get that? (laughs) Right? It's exactly how I want to spend my time. But according to numbers obtained by RadarOnline.com this week, he only managed to sell 787,858 copies. Jake Tapper, by the way, he also sucked. His book didn't, uh, didn't do very well either. So just a small little snippet for you guys. That's what it's like. Now, the aforementioned song I have to play for you. It's a country song. It's courtesy of High Res TV, and you're going to love it. Enjoy. You're welcome. Trump the done, back at it again, this time in the countryside. Shout out Jason Aldean, Morgan Wallen, and Dana White. I could have just retired in peace. I could have been golfing with my niece. I could have been chilling on the beach. But I got too much love for the streets. Hey, let's make America great. 
for every religion and race. Yeah, men don't have a vagina. The radical left works for China. All I ever wanted for the USA was a good economy for your family. Protect the southern border, make a place that's safe for your kids to go outside and play. Look at San Francisco, take a look at LA. Look at New York City, man, it just ain't the same. We all know the radical left is to blame for weaponizing your religion and race. Hey Nancy, tell me how that house is so fancy, but you only make a hundred K a year. How'd that happen? Your husband Paul Cranston in his panties just dancing with his boyfriend in your mansion. That actually happened. These politicians pretend that they care, but only look out for themselves, it ain't fair. The economy is not what it was, but I'll die trying to wake her back up. All I ever wanted for the USA was a good economy for your family. Protect the southern border, make a place that's safe for your kids to go outside and play. Look at San Francisco, take a look at L.A. Look at New York City, man, it just ain't the same. We all know the radical left is to blame for weaponizing your religion and race. Ah, it's beautiful, high-res TV. Thanks for letting us rip you off. Hope you guys come back tomorrow. We'll see you then. Peace. Peace.